0: Ivan news um. <laughs> You hear this? Ivan news is in the news. You hear about this Ivan news news? This Ivan news news? The Iba-news news? I've got some Ivan news news. Ah, breaking Ivan news. news Ivan news has hanged himself with a noose. That's right, Ivan news news news. Oh, not the Ivan news news news. It's the worst kind of Ivan news news is iba noose news news. Uh, wow, that's... Mm-mm. There you go. Oh, no, I, the breaking story. Uh, Ivan Ooze hanging himself with a noose because he hit snooze on his alarm clock. That's right. We've got some Ivan Ooze snooze noose news. Oh, wait, we got some breaking news. Ivan Ooze has broken loose from his noose. Oh, no. After hitting snooze on his alarm clock? <laughs> yes. What kind of news is that? Uh, <laughs> that's, some, that's some loose snooze snooze. snooze. <laughs> you mean Ivan Ooze loose noose snooze news? Yes, exactly. Wow. This is just a BoJack Horseman bit. <laughs> it's uh, one of the worst ones. Yeah, because how would you even bring up Ivan Ooze? Yeah. Right. Well, do you feel warm? I am good. We <laughs> went to Sonic today. Oh, Sonic got that good food? We got the Diet Cherry Limeade. Got that good drink? <laughs> I, I can hear Allison laughing, and I don't know if she's... She cannot be laughing at me telling an anecdote about going to the sauna. But she's just quietly laughing in the background, and I can't... That's great. That's, that's great. I don't know what she's laughing at. Uh, all right, <laughs> Wait, she's presence laughing test. laughing more now. Presence test. Here we go. What, what, how do we do this electronically? <laughs> she's continuing to laugh, and it's killing me. Um, we You can't do a presence test. <laughs> oh no am I getting roasted John Henry. you're getting roasted oh. you're John this Henry. is why I didn't want her in a place where she could hear me we went to Sonic today I got a cherry limeade she's talking oh. don't talk to me while I'm podcasting <laughs> don't talk a plus. don't talk to me Let me don't grab knock him. on the door <laughs> don't We've been recording for twenty minutes. Don't, don't scratch on the door. No. How can I help you? You can say hey. We're not recording yet. You're not. You're recording. I mean, we're not in the podcast yet. I opened the door. Say hey. <laughs> Hello, he says hello. <laughs> did you put a basket in front of the door to block me from coming in? No, I put a basket okay. in front of the door so the cat couldn't open the door. Okay, I'm sorry I laughed. Don't be. <scared. laughs> was it was tra- funny. To charge my phone, but I'll leave. No, 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 it was funny. I liked it. We we're Actually, having a like whole it. little bit about it. He really did mm-hmm. like it. What we did to Sonic today? <laughs> <laughs> I know cherry lemon. Cherry lemon. Like, Henry on the other side was like cool that's cool john you're not totally wrong <laughs> i just totally wanted to wrong i just wanted to you know what discord there's to eat at sonic life. they got food they got they got tea. You're, you're both pets. talking what did you do you say <laughs> not you henry why do you have discord open because it's on my laptop okay. clearly enraged Show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's Awards John. And together, we're Henry and Awards John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there Zeitgeist. But of course, as is standard, before we do anything where we talk uh. about things on the Zero Credits podcast, we open our beverages. That's right, and our beverages this week come with stupid stories from our lives, so get ready, listeners. Yeah, that's right. I've got a pretty big story. I'm drinking a big country coconut papaya. I almost said papaya. (laughs) Yeah, Organic hard seltzer, fair trade, gluten-free, non-GMO, because you don't want GMOs, you don't want the toxins that are GMO and gluten in your body when you're trying to ingest arguably a 100 times more powerful toxin alcohol uh 4.5 alcohol contains alcohol purified water is the first ingredient artisan mixology texas brewed expiration date a month ago that's right listeners if you've caught our tweet from this morning john has made me into a liar because i said this was gonna be a sober cast oh what I tweeted out today that because you were doing your beach bod thing and because of a freak dog accident on my end. Yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't sound like that's anything that Warren's talking about. Right. Just listeners know I'm drinking Coke Zero tonight because I'm on an antibiotic that I cannot consume alcohol during or I will vomit. Uh Uh-oh. That's what the doctor and the pharmacist told me (laughs) while making very intense eye contact. They knew I was a drunkard. I like to imagine the doctor, the doctor, of course, would have to tell you about it. Like, Duriger has to tell you. The pharmacist sees you're filling the prescription like, hey, dude, listen, you probably think your doctor was joking about this whole throwing up if you drink while you take this. But let me tell you, you'll puke. Yeah, she, she was like, before you take this, and I want to stress this. You got to make sure there's no alcohol in your system for 24 hours and then even after you're done taking it, don't drink. And I was like, oh, you, you, you got to be kidding me. She's – you know, I get the, the not drinking before but the after and then like I read the little pamphlet they give you that comes with your medication and it's like, yeah, no, for like 24 hours after you take the medication, don't drink because you'll get sick. Oh, no. So uh, you'll never drink again. No, I can drink on, like, Saturday. Okay, that's good. I, uh, My story is short. I'm uh, trying to lose a little bit of weight just because I'm going to the beach because for the last year and a half, uh, my body has not had to be around anyone. And it doesn't look how I would prefer it to, but also... I think all bodies are beautiful. Your goals are what your goals are. You can gain weight, lose weight, stay the same. Doesn't matter. My particular goal is to lose weight, but I don't think that that's anything anyone should feel pressured to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm already just going to be like, hey, everyone in this beach house, I'm sorry for what you're going to see this weekend. Know, too, that I also do not like (laughs) looking at myself. You're going to see every inch. Well, they're, you're going to see more inches than you ever thought possible, because it turns out I've been stuffing my shirts with all this fat for all these years. That's typically what I say to people on first dates. Oh, God. You're going to see every inch. And <laughs> you're going to see even... more inches than you thought yeah. possible. Wow, wow, wee, wah. Anyway. Uh, My story is also short. I got attacked by a dog. All right. (laughs) Moving on to the rest of the podcast. I I really don't want to. I mean, just know that all parties involved are hurt and sad, and it wasn't a good time, the end. Yeah, it sounds like a misunderstanding uh, in a lot of ways. Really couldn't have been avoided. You owe the dog money. The dog was threatening you, but the dog didn't actually want it to come to violence. Right. I put a lot of money down on the Denmark dream. And boy, oh boy, did did that not come home to roost. Yeah, it's a Denmark dream, of course. A horse. No, the what? Oh, the euro. Yeah, the euro. The Denmark dream. I put a lot of money on that Denmark dream. This dog was not, he was taking no ifs or, what is that expression? He bit my thumb. The end. Yeah, I, I really don't want to put too fine a point on it, but it sounds like you had some rough treatment. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Woof. Uh, anyway, attacked by a dog, trying to get a beach body. I think we're both uh, in similar low places in our life i'm riding my bike a lot which is great i'm tired all the time because i'm not eating enough food right the human body is interesting yeah you're doing the caloric deficit i mean the only thing one can do to lose weight yeah other than that other than like you know thoughts and prayers (laughs) oh uh yeah thoughts thoughts and prayers got me pretty far in the past uh however i prefer the hearts and minds approach to weight loss (laughs) That's a good one because it involves using your heart to pa- I don't have any ends of jokes today. I have good setups, but my brain is lagging on the conclusions so I'm gonna abandon all hope. Thanks uh, antibiotics and potentially painkillers uh, Ibuprofen. Oh the tough stuff yeah uh, I mean I got that that uh, that ibuprofen fog. Uh, that that's my favorite uh, Soundcloud rapper. Ibuprofen Fog. It's also it's also my favorite vape flavor. <laughs> oh, the ibuprofen flavored vape they actually banned the sale of that in retirement communities. Yeah, that's funny. They love the taste of ibuprofen. My dog sure hates the taste of Benadryl. Hey, Henry. Hi, John. What's up, my friend? We might have alluded to this uh, a little bit in the introduction to the podcast, but awards season is finally upon us. Long have we waited. That's right. Even though the Oscars <laughs> happened in March, long have we waited. This is wait. So the Oscars is for last year, is the Emmys also for last year? <laughs> I think the Emmys is for this year, too. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Right, so this is kicking off awards season. Yes, award season is now here. The March Madness of Those Who Love Awards has arrived. And as Henry mentioned, uh, I would like to take some time out of this episode of the podcast uh, to talk about the nominations for, that's right, the 2021 Enemy Awards. Yes, uh, the Enemy Awards. Enemy Awards. Uh, I think the nominations are pretty clear this year. Everyone's saying the winner of the Enemy Award is going to be the coronavirus. That's a pretty big enemy um, for sure. Yeah, that's a good a good running candidate and no doubt a shoein, in but I think we need to to acknowledge the dark horse of the economic collapse of the global economy. <laughs> Yes, the economic collapse of the global economy is in the running as well. Uh, people are, Some people are saying labor shortage should be up there, but we know the labor shortage uh, is false. Now, of course, we're talking about outstanding lead enemies in a global disaster, but there are other categories, too. Best foe outstanding foil. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening at the enemy awards this year. Right. Right. And of course, Oh fuck. That really hurt. Sorry. Um, my thumb just stabbed me. Oh no. Uh, Okay. Uh, of course the, uh, the, we've got a lot of contenders and the running for, uh, best male in an antagonist role. (laughs) Yes, best male in an antagonist role, best female in an antagonist role, and of um, course, yeah, yeah, best supporting antagonists. And- yeah, there's a best minion, outstanding minion awards. Those have been uh, typically I, yeah. been cleaned up by the minions lately, which is a shame. Yeah, I think this year, though, however, um, Mitch McConnell might take it. Finally, listen, I I have been lobbying the enemy awards committee. Uh, for years to put Mitch McConnell uh, in the best minions list, I even sent them a little Photoshop picture of Mitch McConnell in a cute little minions jumpsuit. Uh, and that was a few years ago, but it seems like he might take it this year. And listen, Henry, I'm just hoping that for this year's Enemy Awards, that uh, diversity is kicked up a bit. Uh, I was personally hoping for a strong showing from guy in a wheelchair who screamed, what is your problem at me in H-E-B today? Uh, I was hoping that he would show up, but unfortunately he does not seem to be in the runnings. Uh, I I wish him the best, and I'm sure he's going through a lot. As we all know, with the advent of the Emmys, there's also the regional Emmys, that happened around the same time. So maybe Guy in a wheelchair who screamed at you at an HEB will will show up in the Southwest Regional enemies instead. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping for the, the... Are we in the Southwest, Southeast? The South. I'm hoping the Southern Enemies, I hope he makes a strong showing. He didn't get his day in court today, uh, but I'm hoping uh, the best for him. Once again, he seems to have a lot going on. I was really right. trying to get out of his way. I, unfor- Yeah, he, he gets eclipsed in that category by, you, you know, best foe in a wheelchair. He gets eclipsed by, of course, Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott, listen, I have to appreciate the work that Greg Abbott puts in to being the most villainous person in a wheelchair. Yeah, he puts in the work. He puts in the time. He sees not he sees. Uh, excuse me. He sees Texas Democrats fleeing the state in protest uh, to avoid this this vote coming up, and he threatens to arrest them and make them do their jobs. That's peak criminality. It's incredible. Not since the uh, bad guy in Unbreakable. Wait, no. Could he stand? Never saw it. Well, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Greg Abbott is a problem. A guy in H-E-B had a lot going on. I was, I just, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but I had a handful of pita bread and I saw he was coming down the aisle and I tried to get out of his way. Clearly there was a miscommunication. People typically don't yell at me in grocery stores. I didn't know how to react. He was having a bad day. You know, you, you never know what's going on in someone else's life. Yeah, I. Uh, you can't pass judgments. Everyone has different opportunities, and I hope he has the opportunity to really show out in the Southern Enemy Awards later this year. Yes, uh, you might have a really good chance. We don't know. Uh, nobody pays attention to these, to these regional Emmys except for the people who win them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, of course, uh, this has all been a ruse. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> this has all been a little joke and illusion, if you will. You you cut it out right now. I thought what we were talking about was serious. I know. Such is the magic of illusory comedy. But in fact, uh, we should be talking about the upcoming 2021 Emmys. Don't know if you've ever heard of them. The Emmys are the Oscars of television. That's right, John. The Oscars of television, the nominations have been announced, and an excruciating eight-hour video. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's just – there's so many freaking nominations for the Emmys because unlike the Oscars, which is like we watched every movie this year and these are the five or six best actors Uh, The Emmys is like, best actor in a comedy or musical, best actor in a limited series, best actor in a made-for-TV movie, best actor in a drama. Like They break it down to every little category to make sure as much recognition gets recognized as possible. Um, And so, as such, it's impossible to cover all of them today. Yes, it is certainly impossible, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, The Emmys is really just about recognition, where the Oscars is more about prestige. If you're looking for prestige in the realm of television, please hold out for the MTV Music Awards. Exactly, yes. Uh, Everyone knows the coveted Best Kiss Award is the highest honor one can receive in the industry. Now, of course, if you're a real head, you'll wait for the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, but you you don't want to have that joke. conversation. <laughs> Best fart joke, of course, uh, goes to Wandavision. Now, Henry, the Emmys, the Emmys. Now we're gonna take we're gonna start with a little bit of a high level approach, and uh, remember when Disney bought all of the media. Uh, yes, it happened some point slightly before the pandemic, and everyone said, it won't be that bad. And, and then during it, it, the pandemic, uh, Disney was all we watched, because <laughs> that's all there was. Well, also, I mean, we can talk about this a little bit later, like in the future, but I think their model of releasing a new episode every week ensures that they dominate the, the entertainment news cycle, you know, while their shows are running. Uh, But it's not surprising that that Walt Disney Company walked away with the most nominations from the Emmys, 146 nominations, the most of any studio this year, though not as high as Netflix's staggering 160 last year. Jesus. Yeah, so 146 nominations. uh, And breaking that down, that is 71 for Disney+, 25 for Hulu, 23 for ABC+. 16 for fx and then the person who wrote this article gave up (laughs) (laughs) incredible and the rest it literally just says and more incredible (laughs) you know i imagine if you're writing an article for for whatever your rate is you don't want to keep writing you'd you'd get depressed i would imagine yeah i mean already they you know Cardinal rules of uh, inter- internet writing, this bullet point is way too long. Yeah, you want to keep it to five at most. Right. Uh, so the next most nominations by a, a studio or a company, what have you, comes from HBO with 130 nominations, edging out Netflix by just one more nomination. Hold on now. HBO? H The home box office, John. I thought this was for tv it's more than tv yeah exactly they say it's not tv it's hbo so where's the where's the hemis uh look you raised some very valid points (laughs) listen hbo shot itself in the foot by its own admission right you're right they should be disqualified uh we should write to the it's not the academy right like who is it oh emmy Oh, we should write to Emmy about this in protest. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 hold on. It's, I'm, it's, wasn't there a show called like Emily in Paris? Yeah. Emmy is yeah. the em, Emily from Emmy in Paris. That's the I, joke I'm, I was going to make. I'm bucket. afraid to inform you, John, though, uh, the creators of the show insist you call it Emily in Paris. Oh, great. So another so it, insufferable thing about that show. So it rhymes. Emily. Okay, sure. That shows awful is what everyone's been saying. Uh, but let's get to the big heavy hitters of this competition. Of course, everyone wants to know who is sweeping. Who's the good shows? Who's who's doing it the goodest? That's what we look at here on Zero Credits for the Emmys. And I'm happy to report that the crown and the Mandalorian have tied for the most nominated show at twenty four nominations, nominations each. Wow, I'm really surprised by both of those. Yeah, The Crown, the historical drama based on the British royalty, and The Mandalorian, which has ironically the same premise. Yeah, it is also a, a historical drama uh, based on a kind of royalty, right? Then that's that royally cute Baby Yoda, if you know what I'm talking about. Give me a mug with that little Baby Yoda on it. I would got a bumper sticker on the back of my Toyota RAV4 that says Baby is Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) You're turning into I think you should leave character. (laughs) I I got a thermos. I got a sticker on my Yeti thermos that says Baby Yoda would drink what's in this. Uh, Right behind The Crown and The Mandalorian with 23 nominations, and another surprise is WandaVision. That is also surprising to me, but I think the the trend throughout is I don't know what TV came out in the last year and a half. It's all been a blur. Well, I'll remind you, because lagging behind with 18 nominations, surprising because it's already been canceled by HBO... It's Lovecraft Country, oh, Lovecraft Country was cancelled, yeah, it's been cancelled, yeah, uh, it's also interesting that that show got so many nominations i we could have a whole episode about how I feel about Lovecraft country, yeah, we could. Uh, I've only watched half the season because it lost me, uh, yeah, I would say that that's uh. It's fair to get man really really strong first episode as HBO shows do tend to have but man after that at least in my opinion it really just doesn't get what it's trying to do but that's fine more power to it Yeah I know yeah it really strong first two episodes cuz they were like connected with like an arc and that was neat and then it became an anthology series, but they were still loosely connected. Really, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of that. But apparently, the book was written the same way. Who knows? I just feel like if you have, if you're working with basically carte blanche off of some of the strongest source material, and you have a really, really strong premise, it's hard to mess that up. Uh, but then uh, to turn it into a like an anthology not even like a monster of the week show i don't know the fact that you have these characters you really care about and get really invested in the first two episodes and then it so thoroughly severs any human connection you have to these characters over the next few episodes you don't care what they get up to you really don't it okay it's fine lovecraft country Um, i have feelings about it I just want to say, I feel like HBO should be used to having strong source material and then having their show go off the rails because of what happened with Game of Thrones. Zing. Zing. Uh, That's a a zing. A zing. Uh, zing. Um, hold on. That's a zero credits. A zing. Uh, One zing, please. Oh, um, HBO, you got zinged. And uh, the other, the last most nominations with nine nominations, which is surprising because it was infamously snubbed at the Golden Globes, Mm. is I May Destroy You. Oh, I uh, have never seen that show. I don't know. More fun things. MJ Rodriguez, nominated for Pose, is the first trans actor to be nominated in a leading category. And the first actor not named Billy Porter to be nominated for Pose—that's a little fun, cheeky line that whoever wrote this wrote. That's that's fun and cheeky. I think Pose is a great show, and I think that M J Rodriguez is outstanding in it. But so is Billy Porter. Yeah, well, I, give me the give me the log line of uh, the the of Pose. I mean, it's uh. It, it's it's a series set during ballroom culture in the early 80s during the AIDS epidemic. But it's really good. Okay. Okay. It's Actress. funny sometimes. It's serious other times. Billy Porter is great. I don't know who that is. He's in Pose. Okay. Actress Jean Smart is up for two acting nominations in different categories. And got them both. What? What are, and got them both? What what is that supposed to mean? What are you reading? This person sounds like they're all over the place. They might be having a stroke. Hmm. Uh, but she's up for outstanding lead actress in a comedy series for Hacks. Hacks, and a, never seen it. An outstanding supporting actress in a limited series for Mayor of East Town. Oh, I've seen Mayor of East Town. Right. Warder. And uh, to wrap up this little article, this this tidbit, tidbit from Entertainment Weekly, we've got 13 first-time acting nominees. Paul Bettany, Michelleia, Michaelia – don't, don't come at me in the comments. I don't know how to pronounce these people's names. Uh, Michaelia Cole? Michaela, Michaela, Michaela Cole. Why am I reading the names? I suck at this. Emma Corrin, Kaylee Cuoco. Wait, hold on. What's up? You mean Kaylee Kawakako? What's her name? The. See? The. From air... Big Bang. Oh, never mind. Uh, Cynthia Irivo, uh, Jonathan Majors, Josh O'Connor, Elizabeth Olson, Régé Jean Page, MJ Rodriguez, Journey, sorry, Journey Smollett. Smollett. Smollet. Smollet. Jason Sudeikis, and Anya Taylor-Joy. You know, looking through this list, and maybe we'll get to the list, I'm surprised by the sedecus Ted Lasso. I don't know. I have not watched it because I do not know anyone on this planet, and I want to emphasize I do not know a single person who has Apple TV+. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest selling point of Apple TV Plus was they're like, there's a new Steve Carell show, and it comments on what's going on. I'm like, I'm not interested. Right. Not interested. Um, Tried that with Space Force. Didn't care for it. A standout for the Apple TV Plus lineup is this show called Ted Lasso, in which a college football coach finds himself becoming the head coach of a down-and-out soccer team in london not london probably england um and apparently it is the most uh optimistic positive energy inspirational show you can find it's headed by bill lawrence creator of scrubs and cougar town and zach braff directed the first episode really really i uh, am interested to see that though as we've discussed do not care for zach braff well, I I don't know. That's just a tidbit. Don't let that color your, your perception of the show. Apparently, a lot of people really enjoy it. And Jason Sudeikis is the lead. Jason Sudeikis deserves it. I love a Sudeikis. I found myself finding a lot of surprising little um, uh, entries on these lists. Because uh, I guess I'm used to the snobbery or the prestigiousness of the Oscars where – sci-fi and, and fantasy other than Lord of the Rings really fights really hard to get the recognition it deserves and just doesn't get it. But then here at the Emmys outstanding drama series, we have both the boys, the Mandalorian Lovecraft country. Those three are, are listed among like the crown and the handmaid's tale, which is also kind of sci-fi ish. And this is us like, you've got the entries i expect to be there and then all of a sudden like amazon primes the boys i mean i think there's definitely a moment right now where people are more receptive uh to your i guess they are typical sci-fi and fantasy narratives but they're more receptive to the setting i think i think that's becoming a bigger and bigger part of our culture yeah i guess the the sentiment from the emmys is uh well this cape stuff seems to be sticking around. We might as well like watch some of it. And uh, oh, it turns out this one's really good cuz it kind of comments on cape stuff. <laughs> Finally, someone's talking about the cape stuff. Right. Now I I have a a bit of a quibble, Henry. I'm here. I'm I'm going to quibble with a category. Which one? Because there's so many. Uh, It is Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or TV Movie. Hold on. Let me scroll. uh, I I I can read them to you. Okay. So, uh, we'll get the ones out of the way that I don't have an issue with. There's, of course, Paul Bettany in WandaVision. Yes. Uh, Huge. Paul Bettany deserves a ton of credit. I've been telling people since A Night's Tale that Paul Bettany is great. Yeah, you, you and a very loud uh, minority of the internet have been championing Paul Bettany the entire time. Paul Bettney's great. Listen to podcast interviews with him. He's always stayed true to himself. It's really nice that he got a chance. I love that he's able to, like, flex his comedic muscles uh, as well as his artificial suit muscles yeah. uh, in WandaVision. Uh, they have Hugh Grant in The Undoing. Love Hugh Grant. Uh, don't know what The Undoing is. Uh, I just like Hugh Grant a lot. That's pretty much it. What's that movie? He's in Notting Hill is pretty good. The signature song in uh, Notting Hill is not very good. Ewan McGregor and Halston, a series I have seen. Wait, uh, they got both Hugh Grant and Hugh and McGregor? How am I supposed to tell them apart? One's got frumpy hair and is charming, and the other one's Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Uh Halston, which I've seen a third of. Halston seemed good. I I don't have any issues with Halston. Those are other than WandaVision, Division, maybe the things you would expect. However, Outstanding Lead Actor in a limited series or TV movie does also include both Lynn Manuel Miranda and Leslie Odom Jr. for Hamilton, and I, Emmy Committee, would like to stop you right there. Right. Because a filmed musical is not a limited series or TV movie. You right. do not have to give Hamilton any more awards. It's got them all. This is very interesting as well because uh they also have outstanding limited series and an outstanding television movie, but then the actors are lumped together? It's very strange. I don't think in any circumstances Hamilton should show up at the Emmys unless no. unless there was a category that was like, outstanding lead actor in a, I'll grant you, a very well-taped uh, performance of a musical. Sure, put Lin-Manuel Miranda or Leslie Odom Jr. in there, uh, but I... I truly don't think anything about Hamilton qualifies as a TV movie. Right. No, uh, maybe no. I'm being a pedant. I feel like... I don't they think may, you are. I don't I, know I, if this is just them on the track to trying to get Lin-Manuel Miranda and EGOT. I don't know what's going on here. I mean, if he's going to be... He, there's a better way for him to earn it than just getting, winning an award for the same stage play that already won awards. Yeah, it, it feels very silly, but I, especially I'm also face... torn because Leslie Odom Jr. is fantastic and deserves right. everything he can get, but not for this. Right, especially in the face of potentially taking away the award from Paul Bettany. Oh, who... dude, if Hamilton comes in and steals Paul Bettany's Emmy, I am going to be furious. Right, right. Just because, like... So I, I watched uh, an interview with with Elizabeth Olsen on uh, the First We Feast network on YouTube. She did Hot Ones, the show with hotter questions and even hotter wings, um, and she described this this the filming of Wandavision as filming basically a movie every episode, just because of the costume changes and everything, everything involved in the long hours. These people put on a masterclass. Of acting throughout the decades, all as quickly as they possibly could, and they went through a like a ton. Not to say that performing a stage play or, or a musical isn't just as difficult. It's just like you've said, he, Hamilton kind of had its time. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton has time, and it would be one thing. If they put in all this work for Wandavision, and then every episode of Wandavision was performed live to an audience of thousands, went on to win uh, dozens of awards for that live show that was put on in front of thousands, and then the filmed version, uh, they they got awards for too. It it would right it would be silly. I feel like if you have awards for television, they should be things that were intended for television. It, no, I, I'm definitely there. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent because I, I can foresee a future where Lynn Miranda wins, you know, for Hamilton, and then Elizabeth Olsen wins for Wanda and it's like, but you could have given it to both Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, both halves of the entire whole that was Wanda They really. I don't know. I I don't want to say that they're not going to give awards to deserving people or deserving productions. And, you know, the people involved with uh, WandaVision, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Kristen Hahn, uh, incredible cast, pretty okay show, Catherine Hahn. Who's that lady? Who's the other lady? (laughs) I'll look it up. What other late Catherine Hahn? There's, There's more of them. What's the WandaVision? Catherine Hahn is nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a limited series or movie. As she should be. Yeah, Kat Dennings. That's who I was trying to think of. I got you. Um, And a more baffling and confusing sort of turn of events, John. uh, Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series. We got a lot of good contenders. We've got your Courtney B. Vance from Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. We've got your Charles dance in the crown, and he's beginning the games again. Once again. (laughs) We got your Timothy Oliphant from The Mandalorian. Did a great job as, like, the ranger kind of character. Apparently he's from the books, maybe? Extended universe books, his character. I'm uh, not familiar with his character from the books. Also, when you said Timothy Oliphant, for some reason... My mind parsed that as Timothy Chalamet, and I was no. confused and terrified. And then you get Carl Weathers from the Mandalorian, although I, I really feel like he if he was gonna win it, it would be it would be from the previous season where his character had a lot more to do. Uh but then bafflingly enough, John Don Cheadle has been nominated for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um I don't want to assume anything about the people at the Emmys. But do you think they thought that Don Cheadle was Falcon? <laughs> they confused Anthony Mackie and, and Don Cheadle? Um, <laughs> they're like, we we want the Marvel guy. Which one? They're like, you know. <laughs> yeah, he flies around. And he flies around. Suit. He's black. <laughs> and they're like, oh... For those of you you who haven't watched uh, Captain Falcon, God damn it. Captain Falcon. (laughs) For those of you who haven't watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and you're you're confused about why Don Cheadle was nominated, uh, Mr. Cheadle, phenomenal actor, not discounting his acting, he appears in one scene for about two minutes in the entire limited series. And it's basically the equivalent of a cameo. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, it would be like trying to give, uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Thor, uh, Chris, Chris Hemsworth. It's like wanting to give Chris Hemsworth an Emmy for his appearance in Loki. Right. Uh, It's like, come on, man. Yeah, no, like it's literally just one scene to submit like, Hey, they're in the same world. They're going to bump into some of the same characters probably. And then, they're off to have their own adventure for the rest of the movie, and we literally don't see Don Cheadle again. Yeah, that's that's Emmy-worthy. <laughs> what category was Don Cheadle supporting actor? Uh, guest actor in a drama series. Guest actor in a drama series. I, I think that's... I don't care for that. I mean, Don Cheadle, God love him. And God does love him. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just... It seems it seems weird. It seems strange. It seems like oh, we, we we just nominated three white guys in a row. Let's get some diversity in there. Yeah, <laughs> who do we got? Oh, Dom Cheadle, Dom <laughs> Dominic Cheadle. <laughs> oh, no, oh, my worlds are blending. Uh, Don Cheadle, he was in that Marvel thing, right? Let's nominate him. Surely no one will notice. Yeah, no one no one will notice. Uh outstanding lead actor in a drama series, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. I've never seen an episode of This Is Us, but I love Sterling K. Brown. Well that all right. I I mean it's people love the show, it's popular. Apparently it's well done if it's getting these nominates. These nominates? <laughs> I'm sorry, these what? Is that, a, is that a thing? If, if they're getting these noms, man. These nom nom nominates. Uh, I mean, I might... The The Outstanding Lead Actor in Drama Series is actually really interesting because Sterling K. Brown, Jonathan Majors, uh, Reg, Rij, Rijan Page, uh, Billy Reggie? Porter, all people of color. That's great. So that's what? Four out of six are people of color for lead actor. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like the diversity, because there's so many television shows, so it's easier to find phenomenal acting than it, like, because the, the Academy for the Oscars only looks at, like, a handful of movies. Yeah. They don't look at every movie that comes out, whereas I feel like the Emmys really take stock and like, okay, let's take a look at all these these television shows. Um so it's it's easier for them to be like man that was some really great acting let's nominate them for an award. And uh, I I do know Matthew Rhys from Perry Mason I know who he is. Uh however I don't is he the know the guy who, from National Treasure. Uh incorrect. I I don't know who Josh O'Connor is from The Crown and I didn't google him but going off of his name and more importantly the fact that he's in The Crown I'm just assuming he's not a person of color. Okay, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the crown's very British. Yeah, very British, excessively white. But I guess it would have to be. But well, yeah, it's British. It... <laughs> well, I guess we're we're opening the door here because Bridgerton is is nominated for a lot of things, and that is like, yeah, it's historical fiction. But who cares about casting? Yeah, I mean, that's the. I feel like that's the next step that we take as a society right. is understanding that. Uh, casting for race is largely a silly thing to do. Yeah, like, a a very funny thing to hear people argue is like, oh, you can't cast people of color in Game of Thrones because it's based off of European fantasy. And it's like, there's fucking dragons in the sky. Yeah, it's based off (laughs) of a fantasy. (laughs) It's like, you're going to accept the dragons, but if a person of color was like a prominent house. You would have a problem with it. <laughs> I mean, people will kind of just take any excuse to be racist at a certain point. Uh, right. and it's, but I don't know. Maybe they're not being racist. I could see people having or actively racist. People could maybe be thinking, "Oh, it's European, so they've they've got to be white." And then they're just telling on themselves for their own assumption about right. what people in Europe or European fantasy should look like. It was more diverse than people think. The Moors were everywhere. I mean, look at cowboy movies. Cowboy movies are overwhelmingly white when most Italian. cowboys were... <laughs> they're overwhelmingly Italian. Uh Fistful of Dollars. Thank you. Thank you, Sergio Leone. But you're right. I interrupted. Most rancheros were actually of Hispanic descent. Yeah. They're, and, I don't know. History is a lot more diverse than movies have taught you it is. Right. Exactly. Um. A fun little tidbit that I caught on my own and didn't need Entertainment Weekly to point out to me. Uh, Kenan Thompson, nominated for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series for his debut sitcom, Kenan, uh, but also nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series uh, for his work on Saturday Night Live. Is that a fun tidbit? It's cool. He's nominated in both lead actor and supporting actor that is cool i do love me some keenan thompson and it's about time i'm glad his sitcom i have not watched it but i'm glad it's getting some recognition because it's always a little dicey when a saturday night live alum gets their own sitcom i mean i can't think of a single circumstance in which that hasn't worked out (laughs) uh outstanding (laughs) comedy series Uh, This is something that I found interesting reading through as far as my consumption of things in COVID times goes. I don't think that I really engaged with new comedy during this time. I think that I went to old familiar grounds. Your outstanding comedy series are Blackish, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, uh, Paris. Hacks, The Flight Attendant, The Kaminsky Method, Pen15, Ted Lasso. The only one of these I've seen is Pen15. Uh, what's funny is I actually did journey to new comedies, but it's, it was none of these. Oh, you were a big working mom's guy. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta's good. Atlanta's great. And then on FX, there's a, a, a show. The second season just premiered called Dave. Oh, I heard Dave is good. It's got the little dick, little Dickie, little dicky yeah, it, guy. Yeah. The fictional autobiograph- autobiographical tale of how the rapper known as Little Dicky uh, got his his rise to fame, so to speak. I've, uh, I've heard it's good. Pen15, okay. by the way, is amazing. Pen15 is very, very good. I don't know if I want to watch something about middle school. It's triggering. Yeah. I just, it's triggering. We're not going to get into it. Middle school was probably like the hardest time of my life. I never went went to prison. You went to prison? Really? I was arrested. I was arrested. In middle school. Um, yes. I someone tried to arrest me at middle school age for truancy and then I told them oh, I was homeschooled and they left. Homeschool. Which was a tip I gave to all of my other actually truant friends. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, just tell him you're homeschooled. The cop will not do his homework. Right, exactly because who who's gonna do that? Yeah, who's oh. gonna like go with you to your house and be like, "Are they really homeschooled? Right? When your parents are blackout drunk at the factory? Oh God. <laughs> Wait at the factory. <laughs> Why are they drunk at work? <laughs> <laughs> they gotta bring home the money. <laughs> uh, I just saw something that made me really excited. Yes. Uh, an outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito is nominated for The Mandalorian. Yes. Yeah, I I love me some Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito for life. Yeah. I'm also... so happy The Mandalorian got Oh, it yeah, it's getting its it's it's okay. A lot of good premium streaming content came out in the past year and that's all great. <laughs> but only one of these good streaming things had a sequel and that was the mandalorian and it just fucking delivered it deserves all of the awards it, it can win it's like i don't this is a it's a bad metaphor but you know when you play like a strategy game right sure. and you like hoard all your resources so that you can rush at the end right like you turtle and then zerg rush at the end I haven't Reserve played. Real strategy, a strategy a that happens in the first five minutes of the match, John. Okay, well, you save all your money, you turtle, and <laughs> then you have. I don't know. I don't play strategy games anymore. Me uh, but it this is what Lucasfilm has been doing. Uh, they've been turtling in a safe mode, which is putting out bad Star Wars movies for a while. But in the background, they've been developing a cadre of extremely talented, invested, and probably cheap Star Wars writers by way of things like the Clone Wars series. Uh, And they've created a rich mythos within the Star Wars universe, ready to be deployed on the public. And now, in the twilight days of their empire, I would like to believe, uh, they unleashed the Mandalorian, which, in my estimation, is just kind of a Clone Wars show. And people love it because the Clone Wars shows are good. I tried to watch those Clone Wars, and they didn't grip me, but The Mandalorian is great. Here's the here's the thing that I have to tell people about the Clone Wars, and this is a problem with every show that has gone on for a long time, but you gotta stick through the first season, uh, yeah. which is a big time commitment, I understand. It's like seven hours. Yeah, that's a uh, lot. That's a that's a tall order. But The Mandalorian's great. They honed it to perfection. They got people who really cared about the property in not just, like, the writer's room, but they cast people who gave a shit about Star Wars. Exactly. It's, it's a great love letter to Star Wars, which is what Star Wars needed, because it's been getting a lot of hate mail. But the crazy thing about... Like, I, I guess Hollywood casting doesn't really account for this often. They go for the big names that they know are going to put butts in the seats. I get that. They go for the big butts. They go for the biggest butts they can. Which is uh, why no. they got Pedro, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pedro Big Butt Pascal. <laughs> That's his name. Don't wear it no. out. But, so here's, like, Star Wars used to be this niche little thing that only was for nerds. But then it got a wider appeal through the pre-sequels, Love Him or Hate Him. Uh, and so it became this really big thing that people like. And it got so big that actors started and, like, creatives care about it. And they finally, like, they got J.J. Abrams because they knew he could he could make a movie. And so the sequel series kind of sucks but in the background, like you said, like, hey, they got John Favreau and they got they got uh, these people who actually care about Star Wars to do Star Wars things. And lo and behold, the end product is good. Yeah, I mean, in, there's been this like background radiation in Star Wars of incredible content being made just in the periphery of the movies like the best star wars mo- the best star wars stories that have been told over the last 20 years happen in video games with things like knights of the old republic one and two and like battlefront one battlefront one <laughs> battlefront <laughs> two uh and then in like limited series or long run series like clone wars uh, Right in in, in books in a lot of uh like, that shitty MMORPG, The Old Republic. Good Star Wars has been happening. It just hasn't been in front of people's eyes. And now The Mandalorian is that. Very exciting. I could talk about The Mandalorian all day. It's great. Yeah, we we should one day absolutely do, like, a supplemental reading for it. But we never will. We never will because the time has passed. If only yeah. there was a third season coming out that we could watch and then do, like, a a, a season three Ooh, we could do like a supplemental reading where we review the first season, then the second season, then the third one, like back to back. That'd be pretty cool. That could be fun, but that's a that's a tall ask. It's a lot of it's a tall ass, just like Pedro Pascal. Got a not, tall, yeah. tall, tall ass. That yeah. It, it's not only big, it's tall, it's the big and tall. <laughs> you can only find it in the big and tall section of Macy's. That's true. Um just going... butts a size XXLB. I'm really happy for The Mandalorian. I'm surprised about how much recognition and adoration WandaVision is getting, uh, given that I wasn't a fan of the ending, and so in my mind I wrote it off. But like hearing Elizabeth Olsen talk about the process, and then kind of thinking about how they made up until that final episode, some of the greatest, like, most entertaining mystery television I've seen, and it's really not their fault that I wasn't satisfied with the explanation of their mystery, because no explanation to any mystery is ever satisfying. I mean, in some ways, the only way to preserve the, the dignity of a mystery is to never solve it. Uh, Right. This happens across almost all mystery television. Right. Uh, No matter what you do with the end of a mystery series, uh, people will complain even if the ending is perfect like Lost. Exactly. But those first three or four episodes where they're just decade hopping and preserving this crazy cool, like, what the fuck is happening kind of thing – that was some of the most engaging television i have seen in a while. So absolutely, yes, it should be nominated for all these awards and costuming and set design and all that and writing. Yeah, I'm glad it's getting its recognition. But I can only hope that these same people are going to watch all of Loki and also give that show the recognition it deserves. Because Loki, by far, is kind of the best of these Marvel shows that have come out. <laughs> The the thing that happened when Wandavision came out is I couldn't believe what I was watching. Uh, I, I was watching it in like total disbelief that something like this could exist. Uh, you could only a studio with as much money as Marvel Studios uh, and as much goodwill could make something so weird, uh, relatively weird as far as Wandavision goes. And then uh, Captain America. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the the Captain America sequel show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out. And that was incredible and I loved it. Yeah, uh, different in its own way. Uh but man, Loki is just like Loki's something else. It's in its own league. It's that's some primo primo streaming shit, man. It's it's that's there's not been a dull moment. <laughs> Loki is is really the first time with any Marvel property where I really feel like I'm reading a, a limited-run comic yeah. that has really interesting ideas and isn't necessarily concerned with how it fits into the bigger picture of anything. Uh, so it's great. filled with this insane, vital energy that I really appreciate. Oh, man. Richard E. Grant? He Richard that. E. Grant, the classic Loki alligator Loki! They're doing great stuff. The Thanos copters in there. I mean, they're having fun. I laughed out loud every <laughs> single time it cut to alligator Loki without uh, fail. Every time yeah. I laughed. Yeah. If you guys are they watching, put some vote Loki in there. So good. Yeah. If you're not watching Loki right now, you're missing out. And all of that is to say is we are living absolutely in a really phenomenal time for television uh, and the greatest part, uh. none of it's on fucking Cable. <laughs> yes, fuck Cable. Cable's the worst. Mayor of yeah. forever. <laughs> was it good? Yeah, I think it's quite good. You will be disappointed by the ending because it's a mystery, but that's just kind of how it is. Well, it was, so it was the horse? The hor- the mayor did it, in fact. The mayor of Easttown did yeah, it. Yeah, someone dies and then the last thing they say is mayor of East Town, they like, oh, it must be the mayor. I was about to say, I was about to ask you, pronounce mayor for me. But it you 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 pronounce hold those on. two words different uh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna say one word and you 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 guess at the definition of the word I said. Uh huh. Mayor. Uh, Have a city. Elected official. Alright, you're right. Now listen to the other one. Mayor. (laughs) Elected official. (laughs) No! Okay, I'm gonna try. Right. Mayor. That's a horse. Nailed it. Mayor. That's a horse. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Mayor. Mayor. (laughs) Hey, hey, say this word for me real quick. B-O-T-H both 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 some people say both oh I don't do both I just thought you might uh anyway there's a lot of things that people say English crazy language I'm looking forward to these Emmys uh but I feel like there's not much else to talk about yes there's not much talk about <laughs> there's not, not much talk about with not Emmy. much talk about that but that. But once these Emmys are actually issued forth, uh, we will have more to say, because that's what we do on this podcast. We talk about nominations, and then we always follow up once the actual awards are given out. We've done that every time, and this time will be no different. Yes. I will not be watching the Emmys, because I just don't care about award shows anymore, but I look forward to reading the winners off a list published by an internet writer. (laughs) Uh, I will not be watching the Emmys, uh, but that is only because I am the sworn enemy of the Emmys. Oh, you're the enemies. We already made the joke. Yeah, we did. Uh, anyway, Henry. Uh, John, I believe we had some correspondence. I think it's time for our time-honored segment, Mail Time. Oh, does that mean we get to sing the Mail Time jingle? Yes, indeedy. Well, it'll be a little bit tough since we have to both sing it at the same time and we're doing this over Zencaster, but we'll give it our best shot. All right. A three. A three. A three, two, one. Mail time. time. It's It's mail mail time. time. You let us down. Oh, I think. I think we forgot to put a quarter in the jukebox, John. I think it just died. Oh, well, you know, there's always next mail time. Right. Uh, So, yes, uh, we got a a good old correspondence from our good old listener. I believe her name is First. Yes, that sounds right. Right. And uh, this comes to us with the subject line, wild idea. For Wild Speed. Wild Speed Max? Uh, no. Damn. And First writes, Hello, ZCPC boys. Firstly, <laughs> I get it. Firstly, uh, thanks again. Because her name's First. Oh. Uh... All right. Firstly, thanks again for a fun romp through the wild ride of the Fuck you. The latest installment of F9 was highly enjoyable to watch, and your takes on the story development are always a great compliment to the films. Wow, what glowing praise. However... (gasps) Oh no, I'm about to get excoriated. As you were discussing some missed opportunities of the franchise, I couldn't help feeling that you both had missed an opportunity of your own. You said that Owen Shaw was assembling a bad familia, a mal-familia. I formally formally submit to change this name to the (laughs) famalia. Okay. Carry on, gentlemen. You ride, you fight. Cheers first. Uh, You ride, you fight. I cannot... (laughs) co-sign the idea of calling it the famalia enough Uh, yeah yeah i can't believe that when i first read that earlier this afternoon after you gave me an alert that we received an email do you have have alerts set up for this (laughs) i saw my i broke my phone got a new phone forgot to set up the zcpc email on my phone okay okay whoops uh but when i first read it I uh, I had the thought, how the hell did we not think of that? <laughs> yeah, no idea. It's great minds like First that let us know the opportunities uh, we missed. And I think we'll have plenty of opportunities to discuss Owen Shaw's Famalia um, I hope going so. forward. So I certainly hope we remember to do that. Right. It, it is a part of the ZCPC canon, the ZCPCCC. <laughs> canon canon yeah <laughs> c-a-n-o-n c-a-n-n-o-n right of course the canon canon uh-huh uh, from here on out the bad familia the familia is known as the famalia famalia <laughs> It almost sounds like a fragrance. It does. It's like by DR Dwyer. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how you pronounce Dior Dwyer. <laughs> Diory. <Dwyer. laughs> What's your name? Christian Dwyer. Uh, tell me you don't have money without telling me you don't have <laughs> money. You have no idea how to pronounce any of the fragrance. Na- fragrance. <laughs> Fragrances fragrance the people who make perfume. You walk up and you you pick up a bottle of Tom Ford and you're like Tom Fjord. <laughs> I'd like the Fjord. This Tome Fjord, uh, Tom Ford. Good fragrances. A little pricey for me though. I can't afford that. I can't. Tommy Heil figure. <laughs> uh, hold on. What's Versace? Yeah. <laughs> What is this Versace about? <laughs> uh, do I put, what do I put my Versace on? Like a versteak Aqua de Giro. I don't know that one. Dakar Neuer. I don't know that one. I know a lot of fragrances. But the only fragrance not, I wear but... is my own. <laughs> That's funny uh thanks again to first for corresponding with us we absolutely enjoy fan correspondence and we always read it on the air that's right we never get correspondence (laughs) okay that's a bad precedent it's showing too much of our hand what it's it's showing too much of our hand to say we always do that and then you know what listen back new listeners and listen to all the times we've said correspondence, but more importantly, you should uh, give us your own correspondence so we can read it live on the air. Live. That's li- live. Live. Leave. <laughs> you don't know how to pronounce live. Leave. What is live? happening? Live. 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 Leave. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, that's, You're my like... li- that's my live <laughs> laugh love. <story. laughs> live. Live. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that's great. Oh no, okay. Uh, If you want to send us your, it's time for this, right? (laughs) It's time. Yeah. If you want to send us your personal live live leaves uh, that you have hanging in your kitchen, uh, you can send photos. I don't know if you guys know this. And uh, in a number of ways, one, you can uh, send it as an attachment on a tweet on twitter.com. Two, z c p c w h j on twitter.com and uh john what does that stand for i think you should leave should have been nominated for at least one emmy and the person who should have been nominated for the emmy is the big guy in the captain's hat who who took all the shits guest appearance give him a guest appearance at least he showed up in one scene Honestly, we could give it to the steering wheel car guy. Just give it to somebody. Give somebody an Emmy for I Think You Should Leave. Yeah, no, I was really bummed out about that. Also, Auntie Donna's big old house of fun. Also not nominated for anything. They can't. They're legally Australian. Oh, okay. That's right. And if you want to send us multiple photos or just you just want to send an email, maybe you don't have a Twitter account like a lot of Americans why would I single out one country? <laughs> uh, point is, you can send us an email to email at zerocredits.net, and uh, John will let me know that we have an email. <laughs> Apparently. That's how the system works. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Uh, we are on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on the Apple Podcasts along with a star rating, and that'll really help out because we like good things or bad things. I don't care. I just want numbers to go up or down. I just want them to move. Um, the most important thing you can do, however, of course, is to tell people about our podcast. Get in there in their conversations. Get d- Dig in deep. Fool, fool your friends. Fool your friends. They think you're talking about pie or, like, sweets, sweet treats. And next thing you know, you spring the zero credits trap on them. And now they have no choice but to listen to at least one episode. Or else they don't get their pie. That's right. You don't get pie if you don't listen to your pods, your episodes, your epipi-sodes. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. And of course, I would be remiss not to end this episode with everyone's favorite Emmy category. Outstanding production design for a narrative period or fantasy program one hour or more. Your nominees are Bridgerton, After the Rain, Netflix, the Netflix original series in association with Shondon Delanda Media, <laughs> Will Hughes-Jones, production designer, Dominic Devine, art director, Gina Cromwell, set director, The Crown War, Netflix, Left Bank Pictures... Uh, Perry Mason, Queen's Gambit, The Mandalorian, and from everyone here at the zero credits, 72 award categories, but only one true winner, Pedro Pascal's huge ass, we would like to wish you, Studios, we would like to wish you a happy week. Uh, unfortunately, in the biggest snub of the night, Pedro Pascal's ass, not nominated for any awards. It's Unbelievable! i don't understand he's got the best and biggest and tallest ass in hollywood it's unbelievable because they have that category already when will pedro pascal's ass win an egot take to the socials hashtag when will the ass get the egot uh get get mobilize mobilize burn a walgreens write your senators (laughs) write your senators, burn down a Walgreens, do what thou must to ensure uh, the the ever-living infamy of Pedro Pascal's terrifying, huge ass and as always goodbye goodbye goodbye